Pickaxe. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Thanks for dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they're catapulted from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Dungeons and Dragons. And action! Hiya, cast and crew. We needed to put this at the start of the episode this week, so super quick. Do you want to support the show directly and receive a bunch of awesome exclusive content, perks, rewards, and discounts? Join the cast and crew over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash castparty. Being a cast party patron gets you some insane exclusive content, VIP access to our community discord, a live listening party with all of us on the release day of each new cast party episode. We're listening right now with our patrons as we speak. Why aren't you here? Jet saved you a seat up front with him and Pebbles. And entry into our merch giveaway that we do at the end of every Cast Party episode. Speaking of, this week's merch giveaway winner is Swag22. We'll be reaching out to send you some free, awesome Cast Party merch of your own. Want to snag some for yourself? You can check out our merch over at cast-party.myshopify.com. So what are you waiting for? Snag some merch that would make even Xander jealous. And be sure to hop on over to patreon.com slash castparty and become an official part of our cast and crew. Links for everything will be in the description. Thank you all so, so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode after these Patreon shoutouts. Okay, let's see. I've got your bag, your water bottle got your shoes your jacket and your backup jacket okay pebbles are you ready we're gonna be late for your play date with sir archibald merriweather wentworth upper crustington preppelwald the fourth and of course his corgi longfellow okay you've got everything all right let's go happy new year my little berries it's 2020 can you believe it's a new decade oh this year is gonna be amazing I'm here at Eric's Roaring Twenties-themed New Year's party, and it's amazing. What is everyone most excited about this year? I am stoked to finish up filming my movie, Through the Realms of Myria, and then I'm going to be doing so much traveling this year. It's going to be bomb. Okay, Happy New Year, everyone! This episode of Cast Party is sponsored by Podcorn. Now, usually we like to do some fun, goofy little skits for our ads, but we have been personally using Podcorn and wanted to take a second to talk about it. If you run a podcast, or if you're even thinking about starting a podcast, you need to sign up for Podcorn. So, Podcorn is an online marketplace connecting podcasters 
to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as mid-roll ads like this one, interview segments, topical discussions, giveaways, and so, so much more. It has been incredibly easy for me to pop on the site, see what sponsors are available, what they're looking for, and submit my pitch to them for Cast Party. Podcorn makes it truly simple to find sponsors that fit you and your show. And the best part? There is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities that are right for them directly on the platform. You never have to give up any rights to your show, and Podcorn is there to help you every step of the way, ensuring you're not only protected, but properly compensated for the work that you do for brands. You work hard to produce your podcast, just like we do. So keep your creative freedom and have full control of how and when you monetize your show. Click the link in the show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing for your very own sponsorship opportunities. Thank you so, so much again to everyone at Podcorn for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cast Party and Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Year. 2021! Yeah! Thank you all for listening and joining us again, and we are super excited for a full year of D&D shenanigans. My name is Colin McManus, and I will be your director. I'm joined today by my lovely cast and crew, Ryan McManus. Hi, Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo at heart musician who once got into the peanut business and ran a roasted almond cart at his local renaissance fair called Vivaldi's Nuts, but quickly closed down because he got insecure after everyone kept walking by and yelling, Vivaldi's Nuts! Wow. What the hell was that? That was the intro? (laughs) That was my intro. Anna, please go. I don't (laughs) want (laughs) to... Blueberry Sky is an actress, and she likes animals. That's way better. Nigel Deacon. Hey, what's up? I play Xander Gucci Supreme, the camera guy for the movie, and my favorite food is carrots, I think. And Vince Perito. I, I play Jet the Boulder Chambers. Um, I've got a little doggy, uh, Princess Pebbles. Uh, she's got a castle in my Tesla. Um, Elon, g- give me a call, please. Please. She has a castle in the Tesla? In the Tesla, yes. You know, you know how like dogs they they can have their own car seat. Yeah, and that you can like plug them in. Wait, no, not plug. Strap, <laughs> strap them in. <laughs> so I, I got one of those, but it's like a, a mini pink castle. Okay. Plus, you can move around those back seats in the Model X, so you can have like no, a lot of room. No, she's up if you front with to. me. Fine, give her a small castle. <laughs> Do not try to make me sound like a bad father. Look, I'm just, I'm not saying you're a bad father. Technically, I'm just... children should be put in the back seat in a car seat, just saying. Until they hit four foot nine, and then they can move up front. And I can guarantee you a chihuahua is not four foot nine. You know how I'm usually beefing with like somebody each episode? I'm literally beefing with both Sebastian and Xander right now. We haven't even started. I need a drink. Okay, well, let's talk. About what happened last time, hopefully that'll give it time to cool down and start up anew. You began on a platform where you killed the large purple fungus and the vines surrounding it. You headed up the hundreds of stairs before coming up to another balcony with a gap in the floor. After you all had some interesting ideas for getting across this hole, you continued your way up to the top of Ecrosia, only to be met with trap after trap. Blueberry climbed her way up as a spider to check for danger. She came across a jug suspended in the air along with a tripwire. 
Fascination overcame her, and she chomped the web, ordering Jet the best she could in her spider form to catch it. Jet made quite the fumble as he was drenched in slick grease, sliding 20 feet down the stairs. He then had an incredibly difficult time climbing the rest of the slippery stairs, demanding a shirt from Sebastian to change. Sebastian threw his extra shirt down to him, only for it to land in a puddle of the slippery substance he was trying to avoid. You dodge another tripwire before finally reaching the top of Ecrosia, finding Yasora surrounded by the bodies of what looked to be cultists, all wearing masks with three teardrops on them, one under each eye and another on the forehead. Yasora seemed to be fighting off the rot and keeping it from the seed. She told you there must be another source to the disease. After gaining her trust, she provides you with some berries to leap off of the balcony and safely reach the bottom. Xander and Sebastian decide to have some fun with this, cannonballing off the top and eating their berry halfway down, saving one for later use. You chose a route that seemed the most in decay and followed to find some human and fungal carnage, and narrowly avoiding another trap that was set underneath a small board. Towards the end of this route, you witness a cultist performing a ritual onto a similar stake dug into Ecrosia. He was surrounded by his cohorts who were being attacked by diseased plants. Blueberry, not having any of that, charged in as a ferocious hyena to stop the culprits from harming the plant life here, and combat began. The fight seemed to be going well as the witch took a pill from his sleeve to end his life rather than being captured. A few other of these cultists took these pills as well, before Blueberry, wanted to keep one of these guys alive for questioning, took a nasty bite towards this cultist. Cashing in on a soon-expiring natural one and a missed attack roll, Blueberry accidentally ate the cyanide capsule for a huge amount of poison damage, but was unfazed. The last cultist was put unconscious before the large, diseased root that had been fighting off this cultist came after you all. Sebastian got bonked with a big smack from this root and fell unconscious. You fought off this large limb until Sebastian got into this thing's head with message, before the only response was, <laughs> I am not Ecrosia. At this point, Blueberry went all out trying to end this thing, and you were able to kill off the large diseased root and keep yourself safe and end combat. You gathered up a bunch of stuff from these bodies, including bottles of poison, silver and gold, a set of thieves' tools, a necklace from the witch, and the stake that was in Ecrosia, as well as four more of these cyanide pills. You spoke with the tied-up cultists and got as much information as you could. He did not give you that much information, other than that he was hoping the rot got there in time. He did ask for death in the end. In a rather morbid end to the encounter, you left him tied up, after Xander healed his wounds so he would not get the release of death he was asking for. Before you left, he said, Make way for the temple, the new temple. It will be created on the ashes of the grove. The temple now is in the courtyard that is forever green. You left him there and returned to the center of the trunk, where you found Yasora slowly floating down, holding the seed along her back, and her eyes a bright crimson. Now, you're at the bottom of Ecrosia. The question is, what will you do next?
Damn, you got some wild eyes, Ma. Huh. You... you saved him. You... you did it. I think... I think so. He's in pain still, but he is weeping for joy. Well, I, I'll take that as a good thing. We, um... we found this stake. Jet, I think you have it? Yeah, yeah, I got, I got it right here. Yes, that must be what they were using. The one up at the top of the tree had one as well. What is it? I don't know. I don't care. Keep it, throw away, get rid of it. I must go immediately. It is nearing nighttime, and I must get the seed back to Amorpha. We can talk there tomorrow. Yeah, you're, you're probably quicker going on your own than the ship, yes. right? Yes. Can we help you in any way? No, I will be fine. Uh, is the ship here for you to get back? I think so. Oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find our way back. I'm not worried about it. Okay, listen, there's a, there's a cabin nearby, long, unused, but perfect for a night like this. Oh, glamping. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that combination before. <laughs> you really? No. I understand it immediately, but like... Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Or you may feel free to stay in Ecrosia. He owes you one. Do your best to make sure he stays safe. Yeah, I don't know if we should stay in Ecrosia just to make sure no one else comes, right? I, I think so, but there's, there's a lot of dead bodies in here, and I don't really know how comfortable I am around all this. Well, you don't have to sleep in a room with bodies. Well, where then? We can move bodies. Isn't this whole tree technically one room? No. I see no doors. I will be sending a team of druids here at dawn tomorrow to continue the healing process for Ecrosia. Once the seed gets back to Amorpha, the grove will not need everyone there caring for it. We will have time to come here once again. I think after this, it may even be time to settle the mainland again. To prevent something like this from happening. Okay, how about we at least accompany you to the shore? That is not needed. And before your very eyes, Yasora arches her back a little bit. She bends her legs a small amount. And as she lifts from the ground, she transforms into this huge, pure white eagle with red eyes. Oh, oh shit. Her wings thrust her body off the ground as you feel an expulsion of wind coming from her wings. And she begins flying out of Ecrosia over the sea. Oh, I wish I could figure out wings. We didn't even find out what, what we have to do until tomorrow. Nothing. We're done, right? I mean, yeah, we're just chilling, right? We just need to sleep until we're picked up tomorrow. We're good, right? We did it. Yeah, we found the Yasora. Wait, I was... <gasps> Fuck, she ran away. I was going to ask her about this necklace. Which necklace? This crazy gold spiky collar thing that the witch had well i mean we're we're going back there right yeah yeah it's just gonna have to wait a little bit okay so do you guys want to move the bodies and like sleep up here or go find that cabin i'm down for the cabin it does kind of reek a little bit of rot in here yeah let's go check it out um but if you think that someone you know, might come back and try to start this nonsense again. It could be good to stay here, but I think Yasora took care of pretty much everything, and she has the seed now, so... Yeah. Okay, let's find the cabin. To the cabin! You exit Ecrosia, 
it's not dark yet. It's still relatively light out, but it seems like the sun is starting to dive behind the hills to the east? West. <laughs> there it is. I'm so bad at this. No, it does not dive behind the hills to the east. It dives over the water to the west. From the outside, you can see that there seems to be an old pathway heading northward. As you follow, you can find a small cabin. It has been overrun by a little bit of plant life. This is cute. I wouldn't really consider it, you know, Blueberry's version of glamping, but I mean, it'll do, right? Yeah. It's got four walls and a roof, so better than nothing. Exactly. I've slept in much worse when I'm out in the desert, so this is, uh, this is pretty dope. That's a step up for you. I want to check the door. Door's open. In fact, it's, it's falling off a little bit. Oh. It's relatively dusty in here. This is very similar to the teepee that you have stayed in two nights ago. At least what's inside. There are these same hammock type things here. Many of them broken, but there are a few that are available to be slept in. Man, I'm just hoping for a bed one of these nights. There is no evidence of something alive already being here. Give me investigation. Oh, Lord. Seven. I mean, it looks real dusty. Uh, Doesn't look like there's any, like, food or anything here. What time is it? Oh, it's sunset. Yeah, it's like sunset, and it's it's probably like six, six thirty. Okay, you guys want, uh, good berries for dinner? I have these cool berries. Ooh, sure, I'll take one. I will cast good berry and produce ten good berries. Now, only one. Ooh. These berries really fill you up, so just one each, okay? Okay. Alright, tight. Good looks, thank you. This little thing's gonna fill me? Yeah. Alright. And you get plus one HP. Hey, Ooh. I can use it. Oh shit, I need that, yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Is there anything you guys want to do over the next few hours? Is there a fireplace? No. Darn. Can we set fire to something? <laughs> We'll say there's there's probably a fire pit outside of this cabin. I would like to set fire to the fire pit. Are we hanging out outside? Yeah, it's a beautiful night. Let's let's take let's take in some uh some of the birds and the not the birds and the bees. That's a little weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the birds and the trees is what I meant. There you go. I mean, it's only <laughs> 6.30. I mean, we might as well <laughs> hang out for a little bit, right? Yeah. Sure. Sebastian, where's Daisy? Uh, I hope on my back. <laughs> I'm going to feel for it. Yes, it's on my back. <laughs> I could uh, just, you know, strum along while we're, while we're chilling and hanging out. Let's gather around the campfire. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where my mind went. The C-A-M-P-F-I-R-E-S-O-N-G-S-O-N-G-S-O-N-G-S-O-N-G-S-O-N-G-S-O-N-G-S-O-N-G-S-O-N-G-S-O-N-G-S-O-N-G-S-O-
You know, we left that guy tied up and the rest of them ran away. This time was different. This kind of seemed weird. I mean, I know they're all evil and stuff, but like, that's probably the first, like, actual fight I've ever been in. I really paid the price for that. I got bonked by that tree. I mean, we don't technically know if they were the bad guys. We just sided with one group, you know? Like, if, you, if you're looking at this in, like, the grand scheme of things, there's the one group that we went with, which is the druids, and then there's the other group that's just against them. But we don't know that other group. So, like, it's kind of that... It's a moral conundrum. Yeah, yeah. A moral conundrum. That's a, that's a good word for it. I feel like that's all the more reason not to actually end their lives? I know some of them did it of their own accord with the pills, but some of that was... A bit much. I don't know. At the end of the day, it's, we're just trying to protect each other, right? But you can just knock someone out. You don't have to actually end someone's life. Like, are you used to that? Is Does that not bother you? I mean, I'm like, I'm not saying I'm used to it, no, but like, there's a... Like you said, this just feels not right. I mean, we we don't really know what those people were capable of. They were trying to kill the entire tree, and I mean, you of all people know that nature has feelings too, so I feel like we kind of had to in that situation, but... Yeah, for sure, but I feel like there's a way to end things non-fatally. I think we did a good job of, of doing so. Going forward, we should probably not, you know, just go for that stuff. This might be kind of a life and death thing. If it comes down to it, maybe, but we should try not to. Right. That's all I'm saying. Like, if it's an accident and you have no other choice, sure, but I feel like we have a choice. I think a part of it was we were scared. Can confirm. Was scared. You saw what happened to Sebastian. You, you saw how they were they were trying to kill all of us. Yeah. What what are you supposed to do in that situation? They would have killed us all. I think just knock them out and bring them to Yasora. I don't know. I think if I start seeing you guys in any sort of danger, I'm just going to do what I need to to, to stop that. So, I mean, I, I don't know how much of this is actually real. So I'm just going to keep the ones close that I think are going to help me through whatever this is going on. As far as I know, this might still be a dream. Like, I don't know. I want to keep you all safe. I'm going to do anything I can to make that happen. I mean, at this point, we're kind of all we have right now. We we care about each other, and we're kind of the only ones that know each other around here. Strangers aren't going to give two shits about us. But at least we can protect each other. I think we got to do whatever it takes to do so, but if we can do it a little more humane, I guess. I think we should definitely lean towards that from now on. I don't think I'm ever going to be used to taking a life. If it comes down to it, I will save their life. In the end, if it's their life or your life, I think we all know what I'm going to choose. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I just don't want us to take it lightly, I guess. Don't go swinging some daggers around all willy-nilly and stuff. Don't shank everybody that you see. Yeah, especially when we don't know them. Like, 
do what you gotta do, but know that they are a life as well, so... Alright, but I gotta say, when I'm in that bad part of LA, like, there were times where it was shank or be shanked, and (laughs) there's not a whole lot that you can do or say to a person for them to not shank you, so... I don't know, have you ever tried, like, pepper spray instead? I'll, okay, I'll level with you. I really never thought about it. That that had not been... Uh... <laughs> Come on, Xander. You seem like the kind of guy to carry a taser on you of some sort. I, It's it's knives. That's <laughs> I think that's been well established here. I carry around knives. True. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever shanked anybody with a taser knife? What? Mm, can't say that I have. Oh, that'd be so cool. We should make one. I thought it was a real thing. Okay. Yes. No, see, and like blood is like full of iron, so it's like super conductive. Like you can just, you get some real damage in there. <sighs> Guys, we've, we've had a long day. This was a long, strange, upsetting day. Why don't we just rest? Let's sleep it off. Yeah, I think that's probably best at this point. Good call. Good call. Do we want to set up a watch? I'll take watch tonight. I can do half the night. I don't want to jinx it, but I feel like we should be good to all sleep. I think we could really use it. After what we've been through, I don't trust it. I can take four hours. I don't mind participating too if we need it for the morning. Buddy, you got beat up pretty good today. I think you should sleep. Yeah, just a bit. I got tree bonked. (laughs) (laughs) I need to wash off. So I'll be up for a while. All right, Jet, well, you go down to the shore. You can get all cleaned off. Blueberry can get her little meditation in for a little bit. And then me and Xander can just pass on out. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah. Yeah. Let's hit it. Let's get those hammocks on. Hey. I'll start my meditation. Jet, you go down. You're just going down to the shore to wash off a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to wash myself and uh, some of my armor. As you're going to do that, you're there for a little little while. You're not in a rush. As it gets darker and the moons get higher, these waves start to come huge. It feels dangerous just to be in like the shallow portions of this water. You're able to get in there, get some water, clean yourself off. But, like, these things are slapping down hard. They're pulling harshly out towards the sea. So, did I finish cleaning myself off? Yeah, you're fine. All right, I'm going to leave that area. I'm going to go right back because I don't want to deal with that. Nice and clean. You guys probably kept the fire going, so you're able to dry off a little bit by the fire. And then four hours are up. Blueberry, you're up and feeling feeling good. Yeah. Just uh, chill with Frederick and kind of take in the surroundings. It's nice and bright. You're hearing the waves. You guys are close enough to the sea where you're hearing like those waves. Winds whipping a little bit. Seems peaceful. It's kind of nice. Wait, is Frederick, uh, oh my God, what do you call it? Like daytime sleepy? Nocturnal? Uh, daytime sleepy. <laughs> I'm daytime sleepy, TBH. I like <laughs> Probably not. I feel like he's just he nighttime sleeping. Whoa, ferrets sleep for sixteen hours a oh day. Oh wow. <laughs> Frederick's not that tired. He's got that ice in his veins. They're usually most awake at dawn and dusk. 
after a few hours, you're sitting around. Frederick was curled up near you. He starts trotting around at dawn, you know. He's just, like, looking at stuff, <laughs> sniffing around. Just as he was at dawn. He seems to be rather active at dawn, which is weird. Oh, God, finally. Sleep. <sighs> oh, man. I had slept on my neck weird. Hammocks are not the best. I'd rather take a rock, not gonna lie. Shield is going right back on Jet's head again. Oh, yo, so that was a long rest, right? Or is that a short rest? Oh, yeah. Yes. Long rest for everybody. Except me, right? No, you're fine. Oh, cool. All right. Because you, you, you shared the burden with Blueberry, so especially since you guys weren't in a rush to get up immediately, it basically tops you off to your 100% state. There are certain things that go through, like certain like diseases and stuff, but almost always everything is cured. What a wonderful world to live in. <laughs> Just sleep off a broken arm and a few stab wounds. That's the best kind of health care. Oh, I feel so much better. I didn't have to wake up to a spider. Mm, oh, are you disappointed? I could fix that. Oh, no, no. It's a blueberry. It's okay. Please, please don't. Did, did somebody say spider? No, Jet, you're okay. I'm, don't up, worry. I'm up. I'm up. Where? When when did you wake up to a spider? Oh, Xander, <laughs> you were all sorts of yoinked out of your mind. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a good word to use there. <laughs> well, it's the word I chose. No, I get it. Someone yoinked his mind out yeah. for the night. Yeah, I get well, it. Well, it was me. I yoinked my mind out by drinking all that goat's milk. Yeah. So in the morning, <laughs> there are birds singing the nearby trees. The wind is gently coming off the nearby sea. The air tastes fresh with that hint of salt. Do we see the ship at all? If you head back over there, it does not look like the ship is here yet. Oh, God. Did they forget us? When did they say they were going to be here? I thought they said the morning. They just said tomorrow. I don't know if he meant dawn. (sighs) Well, I'm ready to go. It's all right. Okay, let's just keep an eye out. All right. Well, do we want to go wait by the shore? Yeah. All right. Can I look off into the distance? Yeah, give me a perception. Or are you just trying to look pensive? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both. More like investigation, but I want to like... Look stoic in the process. Look, look a little stoic as I do it, yeah. Yeah. Is the, is the wind blowing in my scruffy beard? and Your non-existent hair? <laughs> I, I have a little bit of a scruff. I mean, it's blowing in your hair. It doesn't blow your hair. <laughs> yes. Oh, it must feel awesome. Uh, that's a 16. Doesn't look like there's any land out there. You know, you're seeing lights of these nice little ripples, uh, and there doesn't seem to be a boat just yet. Dolphins? Mm, I'm going to roll a D100. Wait, before you answer what you got, I would like to take a beautiful picture of the moment. Of me looking stoic? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so this is what's going to determine if there's dolphins. (laughs) No way. (gasps) Oh, my God. (gasps) Nat 20, baby. Oh! Let's go. <laughs> oh my god, he took a good picture oh, of me for shit. once. Oh my god. That's the first one. Not the first one. He took a great picture of you. The first one that got saved. Oh, yeah. Sorry. The, yeah. There you go. One that's saved. Xander, you're able to frame this. The sun is coming from the other side of Jet, so you're getting like a little bit of his shadow in front of him as he's looking pensively off. You have this really nice jawline framing him in the picture. In the back... There's a single dolphin jumping out of the water. 
and there is a couple of waves with this nice bright white on top of this blue that gives like a really nice contrast. Haters will say it's shopped. <laughs> <laughs> fan art, fan art, fan art. Yes. <laughs> Yo, I would die. Oh my god. And then those little bubbles. You can see a few of them are oddly placed. And it seems to say a word. Send nudes. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the trail behind the oh dolphin. My God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm crying. <laughs> are you guys just waiting around? I think we should, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to walk along the shore away. I don't I don't know which direction to go. Which way did we come from? Which way did we go? Stop. You guys <laughs> basically came directly from the west. Okay. And then and then you saw the boat head northward as it was leaving. All right, I'm walking that way. Don't go too far. What? So Xander walks a little bit further. Keeping an eye on the ocean, you're hearing some birds again. And then off to the north, you can see a boat seems to be headed southward. Oh, shit. There it is. Land. Ho- nope. Uh, boat ho. Wait, that's a song. I'm going to walk back singing Boats and Hoes by the Lonely Island. No, wait. No, no that's... Step Brothers. No. Sorry. Step Brothers. Sorry. Step Brothers. There we go. All right. Let me rewind. Rewind. I'm on a boat is, is yes, Lonely Island. exactly. You can sing that afterwards. Once we get on the boat, I'll start singing that. Uh, so as I'm walking back, I'm just going to be quietly singing Boats and Hoes from Step Brothers so that I can tell the crew what's good. Guys, Xander, five minutes later, comes walking up to you singing Boats and Hoes. Quietly. It's more to myself. That was quick. Where, where did you go? Uh, it's just up the way. But the boat's coming. It's a sonus way, so... Uh, oh, thank God. So, like, how, how long do you think it'll take to get here? Well, I'll be honest. I was not paying attention to how long it took me to get over there. So, uh, <laughs> approximately 75 Boats and Hoes. You can see the boat comes a little bit closer to coast, drops its anchor, and you can see the flag with the archway with the heart underneath it. Yo, should we get into the rowboat? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll bring us closer. Uh, hey, hey, Blueberry? Yeah? Would you take Jet's paddle? He didn't do too good last time. <laughs> I mean, I can try. I'm not exactly the strongest. I heard that. <laughs> hey, don't worry, big guy. I got you. I got I got the other one. You can just sit back and relax. No, no. <laughs> I've got this. I'm going to take both of them. Sit down. <laughs> You're going to take both of them. Okay. I'm taking both. Okay. Give me <laughs> athletics with disadvantage. Wait, why disadvantage? Because he's trying to do both at once. Oh, is that not how rowboats usually go? It's wide, though. It depends how wide it is, true. Oh. This isn't one of those rowboats where they're, like, attached to the sides. They're, like, the small paddles that you do on each side. So there's two of them. Oh. oh. You know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm using my inspiration for this. 18, uh, 20. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Please explain this. <laughs> Chat, you are able to sit nicely just behind the center point of this boat. 
You grab both, one in each hand. You're able to torque them just the right way with your wide wingspan to get the boat moving. You're doing an amazing job of actually keeping it going straight. And you're able to kind of like lift one when you need to turn a little bit and then lift the other. But you're doing like this constant butterfly swimming motion. You're cruising. You're doing amazing, sweetie. That's kind of impressive. <laughs> All of this is happening. I'm just staring at Sebastian the whole time. <laughs> Stroke! Stroke! <laughs> My face gets a little bit meaner. Takes you a, only a few minutes. Uh, you just have to get over these uh, initial waves and then it's smooth sailing. Rowing. And you get back to the boat and there's like a small area where they have let down. It's like basically just a chain with a hook on it. And this is how they put you down initially. Hook up the boat and they'll pull you up with a pulley. Can we like see who's up there? Hello. Yes. Glad to see you well. How did everything go? Uh, Good. I, I hope. Fine. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah, we're all good. And the lady flew. So let's get up there. This is slowly being pulled up as he's yelling to you, reaches his hand out. Cherry and a few of the other guys are here to help you get your stuff out and get you back onto the boat. I'm on a boat and it's going fast and I got a nautical theme past me again. Not much has changed on the boat. You're still seeing the people you saw before. There's the one-armed man, the man walking and leaning with these two walking sticks, a couple of these dragonborn. The two of the people who you grabbed their hats from, they now have new hats on. They're not as cool, but they probably got them uh, wherever they stayed the night before. <laughs> Look at those nerds now. They don't even have their pirate hats anymore. I'm going to put mine back on. Yeah, your guys are like the real pirate hats. Think of like Captain Jack Sparrow. They have like the traditional really crappy like black pirate hats that are like really tall and they have like a white skull and crossbones on the top for children. Whoa. Sebastian. Yeah. Are those the guys? What do you mean? Are, are those the guys that he got the hat from? Yeah, they're nerds now. We look cooler <laughs> than them. I, I want to go over to them. Hey, guys, and I'm going to put my hand out for rock, paper, scissors. Nice hats. You can see the one dude who still has the nice, like, your guys hat on immediately puts his hands on his head and walks away. <laughs> <sighs> no, thank you. We've, we've lost enough. Oh. All right. <laughs> Friendly game? No. I'm going to head down, walk back to my friends. Chet, you look so down. What What happened? I wanted a hat. I mean, you could borrow mine for a little bit. Do you want to play for it? Uh, sure, buddy. Yes! All right. Okay, D6, one, two, rock, three, four, paper, five, six, scissors. Blueberry, can can you judge this? Yeah? You need a judge? This is official! <laughs> well, yeah, we gotta make sure no one's cheating. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You know what? You know what? First off, Xander, come here. And I put my other hand out, so I'm doing both of them at the same time. What? Yo, you can't double fist a rock, paper, scissors. What? Oh, it's happening. <laughs> well, what are you going to give up if you lose, Jet? Blueberry, you come up with the stakes. What? I don't know. What do you have? My dignity. <laughs> can I cast Mind Sliver on Jet? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is Mind Sliver to again? What is Mind Sliver? You drive a disorienting spike of psychic energy into the mind of one creature. Oh my god! Target must make an intelligence saving throw, and if it's successful, you take 1d6 of damage, but I'm not looking for the damage. It's going to be a collateral thing. 
And then uh, they have to make... Oh my god! <laughs> you just have to keep saving every time you roll. What happens if he fails? It does damage and... The first time it makes a saving throw before the end of your next turn, it must roll a d4 and subtract the number rolled from the save. Oh, so it just ruins his next save. Never mind. It would all be for flavor. If it was an uh, <laughs> ability check, that definitely would have helped, but... Never mind. All right, guys. Just roll your d6s. Jacko first. Well, you have to specify for who. Sebastian first. Sebastian's on my left, and Xander's on my right. First one is a five. Scissors. Second one is a one. Rock. Sebastian, what'd you get? I got a one for rock. Ooh! <laughs> Sebastian wins. Rock beats scissors, and then Xander. I got a rock. Ooh, a tie. Ooh. So Xander and Jet gotta go again. Oh, sorry, sorry. I got scissors. I, I I had it backwards. I got scissors. I got a six. Oh, so Jet, you beat Xander. <laughs> Does that mean you get his hat and you have to give his hat to... <laughs> Sebastian, so he has two hats. Sebastian, you gotta win this hat back for me. What? He already won. Oh, he already won. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I already won. Can I have that hat back? <laughs> I mean, you did win it for me. <laughs> so I'll I'll give you mine. Don't worry. <laughs> you won it for me. I can return the favor. Good looks, no. bro. No, you, I challenged you. You have to play me for the hat. I won my hat. Judge? <laughs> he won. Judge? Sebastian won his game. The boat starts moving suddenly as the anchor is let down. Uh, Everyone gets jolted a little bit. Does a hat fall off his head? No. (laughs) Damn it. Damn damn it. I am druid crafting a flower crown for Jet. Oh, (gasps) there you go. What does it look like? It's got black flowers because it's like pirate flower crown. Okay. All right. I'm happy. Ooh, Ooh, guys, you see my hat? Look at this thing. The flowers suit you better than the hat would, Jet. It goes better with the whole look. Agreed. Makes your eyes pop. Black makes his eye pop. I want to pose a little bit and flutter my eyes at him. (laughs) (laughs) Great. The boat gets underway. It's a nice day. It's nice and bright. Is there anything you guys want to do while the boat's going? Yes. Jatoba. Jatoba. I have a question. I also have a question. Me first. Yes, yes, yes. Please, come up, come up. He is at the wheel of the ship. So I was wondering if you could tell us about Pastel and why the flag is a heart. Oh, gosh. Do I have so much to tell you about Pastel? So you see, Pastel is known as the city under the arch. And it is because it is built under a large archway. That makes sense. So... The city itself was built under the archway of the bridge that leads to Valorith. Hmm. Valorith. You see, Valorith is a highfalutin, hoity-toity, uh, elven city. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, years, years ago, many people used to travel to Valorith to try to sell their wares and make money for themselves. Many got pushed away. They could have been pushed away for various reasons. The wares they were selling, what clothes they were wearing, their race, or if the guards were just having a bad day. Unfortunately, they didn't have many places to go. What a few of these individuals did, they started setting up underneath the bridge that leads to Valorith. They took advantage of the fact that these people who were getting pushed away would still need entertainment and food and shelter. 
slowly it became a place that people wanted to come to. And people who travel to Pastau now travel there for it rather than Valorith. And there's an amazing community full of people from all over Fendrea. It is the melting pot, a hodgepodge of all this rich culture, and it is a fantastic place. That's nice. I'd love to go visit your home at some point. Oh, oh, very dangerous. Oh, I I will put that out before we talk too much. There isn't exactly a law enforcement, uh, great place, but uh, a little bit dangerous. So if we do go, uh, we will talk. Yo, that sounds right up my alley. That's okay. We got our law enforcement right here, and I'm going to pat Jet on the back. (laughs) Um, okay. (laughs) Uh, your question, young one. Oh, uh, so, I mean, since we're up here, you know, I thought maybe if you're getting a little sleepy or you you had some stuff to do, some captain things, can I drive the boat just for a little? You know, yes, yes, you may. I actually have uh, something I need to take care of, and uh, this is as good a time as any. Oh my gosh, thank you. What do I do? <laughs> oh gosh. I'm going to get someone to help you, okay? I'll, I got it, don't worry. Yeah, yes, no, just to instruct you to make sure we're going the right way. Okay. And he calls over Cherry. All you have to do is just keep it going that way, and she will tell you if anything is wrong. Sounds easy enough. Yes, enjoy, enjoy. And, uh, pull that hat up a little bit more. We want to see those eyes. We want to make sure you're looking out to the horizon. Got it. I'm on it. All right. Now, if uh, you'd excuse me, I have a matter to attend to. And he gives, like, a small bow. And he heads over to a elven man who is sitting down. And he begins getting real close to him and speaking with him quietly. I'm doing it. Yeah? I'm really doing it. Good job. I want to try to eavesdrop on Jatova. Are you trying to, like, sneak closer to him, or are you trying to move closer to him nonchalantly? Um, nonchalantly. Okay. While not facing him. So you're just trying to get get a little bit closer to him? Yeah. How about we do this? Roll me stealth, but instead of adding dexterity, add your charisma. Because you're trying to act stealthily in this case. So there's a thing you can do in 5e, which I I don't do ever. And this is actually the first time I've ever done it, which is like you can have someone roll with like a different thing. So if you were proficient in stealth, you'd add your proficiency modifier to this. Mm. But if you're not, it would basically just be a charisma check. It's exactly the same. Okay. (laughs) So it's basically just a stealth roll. Nine. Jatoba is sitting there with this man, looks up at you, gives a little... (sighs) Alright, uh, fine. He doesn't seem to even really acknowledge you at all. He <laughs> knows you are there, but he continues with his talk. I'm trying to center in on that. I'm trying to tune out the sea shanties. <laughs> <laughs> now, Gunther, we have to talk about what happened last night. We know you went into the tavern and had a few drinks. How many did you have? A few. We couldn't find you. You left for quite some time. We have to discuss this. We have discussed this. This boat is supposed to be your gateway from such habits. We were almost late trying to leave this morning because you couldn't be found. 
What might have happened to those brave souls who went into Ecrosia if we were not here on time? They are a board and fine. Gunther, you promised me we would work on this. This isn't a charity. This is a place to become better people. The next time you even think about a drink, you come find me. We don't want a repeat of what got you into trouble in the first place. Yes, sir. And the elven man stands up, moves to a different part of the boat, sits down with a couple of these other crewmates who are playing some sort of dice game. He just seems to go and sit over to watch. And Jatoba stands up and heads back to check on Sebastian. With the sea shanties going, uh, Xander's millie rocking near the uh, wheel. <laughs> Sebastian, right? Sebastian? Yeah, yeah. How's, yes, how's it going? Uh, I think good. Cherry hasn't yelled at me like too much, so I think I'm on course. Oh, then you must be a natural. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he shoots a glance at Cherry. Loving glance. <laughs> Good. Yeah, you're doing a great job. You can see how the bow is actually not dipping too far as we're moving, and you're doing you're doing a great job, son. Thank you. Thank you. It, like I said, if, if you ever need a replacement for uh, anybody, give me a call. As you say that, Jatoba's eyes go wide as he looks behind you, Sebastian. What? What's back there? Oh, no. Oh, no? Don't say oh, no. On the horizon is another boat. A large sailing vessel, similar to the one you are on, but much grander in scale. Its path seems to be coming directly towards you. On its many masts are sails with the symbol of an eye with a flame atop its upper lid. Oh, oh shit. No. Pirates of the Caribbean theme starts playing. How do they find us? All right, everyone. Best behavior. Do not speak to them unless spoken to. Oh, God. No oh. outbursts. Jatoba, Jatoba, we, we need to... Let me do the talking. We need to hide. We need to hide. We need to hide there after us. You're fine. You're I'm fine. I'm going to wild shape into a lynx. What's a lynx? It's like a cat. It's like a large cat, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big boy cat. Yeah, it's a big old cat. Similar to like a mountain lion sort of thing. But they have tiny little tails. Oh, no, no, no. We are not aggressing them. They're just here for routine inspection. They want to know why we're going to the grove. Let down the anchor. Chitelba, we, we had quite a, a, a bad run-in with them, and I, I don't... It's, it's fine. Wait. Do you think Kingsley could be on that ship? No, he couldn't. They, they went in a different direction than us. Didn't they? They went to the docks, though, right? Yeah. Which means he got on a ship. I don't know if that's the same one, but... I don't know. I say we keep cool for a second. This magistrate boat keeps coming closer and closer. You start to see how massive this thing is. At least two times the size of Jatoba's respectable trading vessel. It's got two sets of these massive sails, and it takes a minute to align both of these boats. You can see the crew on the ship is making room on the deck... Some are headed down into the inventory storage area, while the rest are moving towards the benches on the other side of the ship to sit down. They don't really want to be a part of this. And you guys have a minute if there's anything you want to do before the magistrate really connects. Uh, I just want to pull my hat down a little bit. Like, kind of, kind of, like, hide my face. Go with the others. The other crew. 
Please just sit on the benches. They shouldn't bug you. Just sit down. I'm going to take a picture of it first. Not a beautiful picture, just a picture. Is there anybody that I look like there? Like, are there other guys that are big wearing a bunch of armor and stuff too, or no? There's definitely a couple big dudes. None of them are wearing armor. Yeah, I'm going to go try to, like, hide. Like, in the inventory area, below deck? Yeah. There are a few other people down here. This is a relatively small boat. There's only one area, and it is all storage. You can see some of these guys are, like, here with, like, clipboards, but you can tell they're pretending to do the inventory. I'm going to do the same. What are you doing? You're not You're not even part of this. Get out of here. Just let me, let me, let me help. Let me help. Why? Just go. go Just go. let me help. Give me intimidation. 18. Here. Do you know what you're doing at least? I can figure it out. I'm a fast learner. All right. Just, you know, don't fuck it up. And the rest of you are just chilling out. Uh, links and two peeps. Jatoba kind of ushers you. Yeah, just go. Go off to the side, please. I'm just chilling like a good little kitty next to the crew. Yeah, just chilling. The magistrate throws some boards over the side of their ship to help connect with Jatoba's. You can see the man who has these two walking sticks to help him move is over the side of your ship, and he catches a rope that is thrown to him by one of the magistrate. He seems to be struggling to get the rope tied to this hook on your own boat. As this whole connection process proceeds, you can see the magistrate personnel on this boat are all wearing dark blackened steel. Some wear it as chainmails, others in full-on suits of blackened armor, helmets and all. They also have these red handkerchiefs with the same burning eye symbol you have seen before. These tend to be placed wherever the individual desires, some as an armband, many sticking out of a pocket. Uh, You notice one human woman who's holding back her hair with it as a bandana. As a ladder comes down, one man stands out in particular. He is the first one to climb the rope ladder down from his ship to yours and puts heavy boots onto the deck of your ship. He is a tall, elven man, rather pale with medium blonde hair and wide eyes. He carries a long harpoon on his back and is wearing the same blackened steel. His is heavy plate and the chest piece is ornately carved. It looks as if waves from the ocean radiate out from where his heart is. There are two guards with him, also wearing plate mail, who stick closely to this man of intrigue. They wear full face covering helmets and they have great swords on their backs. More of these guards come down wearing black chainmail. Most of them are human or dwarven and they kind of just start spreading out on this boat. One of them starts looking around. He starts looking at all the crew that are sitting down. You can see most of this crew is trying to avoid eye contact with them uh, as they are walking around. And the man, the elven man of intrigue, simply says, The captain. Chitopa moves up. Yes, yes, what can I do for you, sir? Commodore Fulton. I must ask, what is a trade ship from Pastow doing down this way? Heading towards the Crimson Grove. Their blood magic doesn't scare you away. Ah, the the Crimson Grove, uh, a place no person in their right mind would want to be, right? Well, well, look at us here. A bunch of insane people looking for trouble, are we not? Yes, we tend to trade with the druids there. During this altercation, 
some of these magistrate members go over to the man, still struggling to tie the knot to the hook. One of them takes away one of his canes and throws it across the ship and begins laughing at him. This man starts hobbling over and he is unable to keep himself up and he falls to the deck of the ship as they continue tying the knot for him. Pick up the cane with my mouse and bring it to him. Yeah, I'm going to run up and pick him up and ask Sander to help me get him up. Yeah, I, as I'm helping him up, I'm going to yell, Yo, what the hell, bro? That was super uncalled for. At this point, they finish tying up the knot. He looks at you. Hey, you got a problem with that? Yeah. You got a problem with us? No, not all of them, just you. Because you threw down my man's cane here. Why? Why would you do that? Yeah, you're the one kind of being a dickhead. Xander! Sit down! Look, dog, I'm not I'm not about seeing handy, capable cruelty here. That's not cool. I said no outbursts, Xander. Sit down. Man, whatever. Come on, Sebastian, let's get him away from here. Alright. We'll bring him to the bench with us. Yeah. You can see he gives a little nod to both and says, Thank you. Thank you. Of course, man, we got you. I'm sorry they did that to you. We'll get him back, don't you worry. Yeah. Not now. Not now. Don't worry. We'll keep it away from you guys. <laughs> Any more outbursts from your crew? You know how these things tend to go. Uh, no, no. There won't be any more outbursts. All right. So you see no problem with trading with the Crimson Grove? Not at all. Good people there, and they haven't used their blood magic on us yet. We get some good rates there, too. You see, I can't just bring my crew anywhere. Some places aren't so accepting of the ones I work with. Hmm. I see. The Crimson Grove is a dangerous place, so be careful. They may trick you into giving up your crew for their own disgusting rituals. Trading with them is not a crime, but you are in the Sea of Talos, so the ship is subject to search. I assume you will do so willingly. Yes, indeed. Uh, Jerry, tell the crew to stay out of their way and take a break for a few minutes. Two of these magistrate guards who are sticking closely with Commodore Fulton, the ones that are wearing plate mail, they and him head down towards the inventory area, while the rest of these magistrate guards are kind of walking around the deck, slowly looking at you all. So, Jack, you're down in this inventory area. Okay, there's a couple more crew members here. As these boots start coming down, there's a couple other of your own crewmates here. And you can hear this man says, All right, everybody, upstairs. We're doing a search. And the other people drop their clipboards, give a nod, and start heading up these stairs. Uh, I'm going to place my my clipboard with the rest of them and, and follow suit. As you do so, Commodore Fulton kind of clocks you a little bit and looks you up and down and gives you a nod as you walk up. I'm just going to keep looking down. So that one sleaze ball from earlier walks over to the two of you and the lynx sitting with this crippled man. And he says, hey, can I, uh, can I try those things? And he points at the man's walking sticks. Uh, you can try one of these things, and I'm gonna look at Xander and just hope he does something. 
Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's the most Sebastian move I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> uh, I stand up. You want to play rock paper scissors? What? What? Yeah, you know. Come on, rock paper scissors. Try one of these here. Yeah, yeah I know what I know what it is. All right, perfect. It's a friendly game. It's just you against me. Rock paper scissors. If you win... Listen, I've done rock, paper, scissors before. I want to try those out. Yeah, I know. I'm getting to it. Calm down, bro. If you win... Yo, you call me bro? Yeah, I... You think you can just call me bro? And he pushes you, Xander. Yeah, I called you bro. And I push him back. Oh, no, no, Xander. Do I see this in the distance? Jet, you are walking up. You can see Jatoba is actually starting to come towards you. He has wide eyes, looks at you. And he has not quite heard what is going on yet because he looks like he's going to join Commodore Fulton and the two uh, knights down in the inventory area. But then you start seeing uh, Xander push with one of this magistrate guards and two other magistrate guards that were kind of over there move a little closer. I'm going to, as as uh, Jatoba is walking towards me, I'm going to kind of give him like the, put my hand up with one finger up and be like, one minute. I'm going to go over and uh, get in between Xander and what, what's this guy's name? Just bad guy number one? Sleazeball. I have him wrote as Sleazeball in my notes, so you can call him Sleazeball. <laughs> Excellent. First name Sleaze, last name Ball. It's actually Sleazeba L. <laughs> oh, okay. So Sleazeba is his first name. L is short for... Loser. Got him. Knew it. <laughs> I'm going to get right in front of Xander. Gentlemen, gentlemen, it's Okay. Don't worry about anything. Here, um, I'm gonna grab one of the canes, uh, hand it over to them. Here, here. You wanna you wanna play with it? Here you go. Jet, come on. What are you doing? Shh. I can't try it without the other one. I I just want it for a minute. All right, all right. Thank you. God. Xander, sit down. Xander is seething right now. He is so pissed. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. I'll take care of it. You can see Jatoba has clocked you guys and is death staring you. He's not yelling anything. He's not saying anything. He's waiting at the top of the stairs uh, that goes down to the inventory area. Sleazeball starts grabbing the walking sticks and he starts kind of trying to like walk with them while dragging his feet behind. He keeps falling like he's not able to do it so he has to keep using his legs to catch himself. After a minute, minute and a half, he brings them back over and goes, man, how do you even move like this? Takes forever to do anything. You couldn't even tie a fucking knot. And he hands them back. Thank you. And then slowly moves away. Man, I can't wait to kick his ass. Just let it happen. We, we can't risk anything right now. After a few more minutes, Commodore Fulton comes out with these two guards. One holding a barrel and another a large box. From across the ship, you can hear, Well, you look like you got everything under control here. Doesn't look like you got anything illegal or anything, but I will say we did find a barrel of wine and a box of some dried meats down there. I know you won't mind us taking them as payment for slowing us down today. We appreciate it. And he gives a nod. He gives a whistle and the magistrate guards drop what they're doing and start heading back onto the ship. After a few minutes, they are all gone. They reconvene onto their boat and begin their departure. They detach their ropes and boards holding the two ships together and raise the sails once again, revealing the eye with the flaming lid. Their boat departs, 
as Jatoba gives a smile to them and a wave before turning around. Fuckers! Fuckers! God! <sighs> Cherry, please see to Jacob. Colin. What? Is the boat still next to us? They have slowly departed. How, how far? What are you trying to do? As long as I can see the guy, I would like to cast Dissonant Whispers on him. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my God. All right, as the boat starts moving away, you guys are still anchored, so you're not moving. All your sails are down. The other boat starts moving around you. It kind of has to curve around you a little bit because it needs to continue down, going southward. So what is it again? I have to do a wisdom save? Yeah, it's a wisdom saving throw, and the DC is 13. That was a nat one. Perfect. Oof. He deserves a nat one on that. <laughs> and I'm going to just burn into his mind. Listen here, you piece of shit. I cannot wait to watch Xander just stab you over and over and over again because you deserve it, you vile scum. Damn. <laughs> the best part is none of you heard exactly. that. He's the only one who knows that happened. <laughs> Hey, so because he got a nat one, I get double damage, right? That's not how that works. <laughs> Dang it. In this case, how how is this sound? You don't get double damage. What's the damage die? Uh, 15. No, what's the damage what die? What kind of die? Oh, 3d6. I'm sorry. Wait, you just did 15 damage to him? Yes. Hot damn. As this happens, you're able to speak with him. From a distance, you can hear a bell ringing on their ship and there's a lot of commotion on the ship. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Wait. Uh, he only had 11 health. Oh god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you just killed that oh, man. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> the boat seems to continue southward <laughs> but uh, you can see there's Holy a commotion crap. on the ship. Can... Can we tell that he cast a spell? Ryan, Dissonant Whispers, does it have visual components? Uh, yes. It's verbal, but it's you whisper a discordant melody that only one creature of your choice within range can hear, racking it with terrible pain. So in this case, I will say they didn't hear it just because it specifically says only one creature hears it. You guys may have seen him mouth something. Yeah, I was probably whispering under my breath angrily. Mm-hmm. It's like the Snape thing in Harry Potter yeah, 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at this point, Cherry rushes over to you guys and grabs the man with the walking sticks. And you can hear she she's trying to uh, like lift his spirits. He calls over to you guys and starts walking up the stairs to the helm. I would like to fist bump Jacob before I leave. As you guys head up to the helm, Jatoba says, oh, Apologies, I do not lose my temper often. I appreciate you standing up for one of our own. It was just not the right way to go about it. These are dangerous, dangerous people. Yeah, no, I, I know. Sorry, bro. I have, I have a tough time keeping my tongue to myself, especially in situations like that. He moves closer to you. He can't quite reach your back, but he, he kind of puts his hand up, touches your forearm. Me too. It used to be a big problem of mine. I've learned when you care about those, 
You just... I need to keep them working and healthy. And risking them risks everything I have worked for. You're a good dude. And unfortunately, with the Magistrate, it is easier when you deal with their presence rather than fight it. Word. Word. I mean, we'll see. We'll see about that in the future. They'll get what's coming to them, I'm sure. Yeah, karma and stuff, right? Yeah. But I'm not going to make any more trouble for you. If it is you that's doing it, give him an extra one from Jacob. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh my gosh. Xander, do you have like a sharpie or something on you? Uh, I got my phone. I could write a note. What do you need? Oh, I was going to say, if you could take out one of your knives, if you could just carve Jacob into one of your knives, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. All right. So I'll use one knife to carve Jacob into another one of my knives, and then that will be Jacob's knife. Perfect. Takes a few more hours. You finally arrive back at the Crimson Grove. Narina is waiting for you. She seems rather excited. As you guys dock and get out, she gives a large bow. It is good to see you again. It's good to be back on mainland. Well, I guess that actually this is the island, so that's not mainland. Uh, It's good to be back here. Yes. How did everything go? Everything is great. You will see later. It is the festival. The awakening. (gasps) Oh, snap. Like a big party? Yes, every year we have a festival after the equinox when the seed is brought back. We are prepping for it right now. And she nods to you all. Jatoba, we would be honored if you would join us. You and all of your crew, as you played such a vital part in this. Yeah, Jatoba, you gotta come to the party. Yes, yes. In a few hours I will join you. I have some things to take care of. Thank you, Narina. Good to see you again. Now, shall I bring you to meet with Yusora? That would be great. Let us go. She takes you from the docks around back through the grove a little bit and into Amorpha. If you remember, Amorpha had a few small little rooms that was built into it, and she brings you to one of them, knocks on the door, and leaves as Yusora opens up the door and gestures you inside. The inside of this room is rather quaint. There's a single bed here, a desk with a single drawer, as well as a chair, a small tree sitting on a stand that has several berries growing out of it, and then a small round table with three more chairs. I'm glad you made it. Please sit, sit. And she gestures. There's like four chairs scattered around this room, um, and she ends up sitting on her bed. I sit. Well, Papa Squat. I was told you would like to speak with me. I, I must first thank you for your assistance. Of course. We're happy to help. Yeah, I'm glad we could help. How may I repay you? Well... First of all, we wanted to show you a couple of the things we got from the bottom of the tree where they were attacking. First of all, this necklace was on one of them. Seems important. She gestures her hand out to look at it. She looks a little quizzical at first. Is it magical? She immediately says yes. She flips it around in her hand. Does not seem to be malevolent either. 
Well, one of the bad guys was wearing that, so I don't really know what it would do. It might have benefited them in some way. I do not recognize this symbol. This is not the symbol of Talona. What's the symbol look like? The symbol that was on it looked like one of their spiked collars. What do you think we should do with it? Wear it. Get rid of it. Sell it, maybe. And the stake? And I'm going to look at Jet. I'm holding it out. She does not gesture her hands out for this one. She does not seem to want to touch it. I do not believe it is necessarily magic on its own. It needs a user but all it does is create death. We could burn it. Unless Jet wants to keep it. Would there be any benefit of keeping such a horrid thing? I don't think so. Only if you find benefit in death. Oh, okay. Well, that's a negative. No. What's the best way of discarding this? Fire sounds as good as any. Ooh, let's burn it at the festival tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Sounds poetic. We originally came here to speak with you because we were told by, um, what was her name? Joyce. Nurse Joyce, that you might be able to help us find our friend who was taken by the magistrate. She looks at you quizzically for a second. Wow, Joyce remembers me after all these years. She spoke very highly of you. We had good conversation. Nice woman. I'll say she's the only one who helped us back there. (sighs) I was taken to a magistrate prison. I was there for a few years. I was able to escape. This was many years ago now. I can tell you as much as I can about the prison, if that is beneficial. Yeah, I think so. The prison itself was deep underground. I was initially taken to a fort here on the island, but I was soon moved to the sentinel city of Elvareth. The city lies atop a mountain range, the North Crown Mountains. It is on the continent of Mildansha. The name Mildansha was suggested by Torsen Gray over on Patreon. Thank you. Hey, thank you. What up? The prison was made of some sort of rock-metal hybrid. As soon as I got into the facility, I lost all of my connection with nature. I couldn't feel anything through the walls of that place. During travel to the city, I was sedated for much of the trip. I only know it was in Elverath because that is where we exited the prison when we finally surfaced. Other than those walls, the prison was not that high-tech. There were a lot of guards and they used to treat us rather well. Fully fed, they even listened to dietary concerns, a bed with pillows and blankets and an actual mattress. They cleaned our clothes often. The worst of it was the time, knowing the grove needed me. Their main concern with us there seemed to be rehabilitating us into understanding the woes of magic that mortals don't understand what they are doing with magic and cause inordinate amounts of harm to Fendrea through their failures. Wait, do they use magic? Do they think they're not mortals or something? Oh shit, are they not mortals? Oh my god. Yes, 
The Magistrate has many wizards and more among their ranks. They are mortals, but that is the thing. Many decades ago, the Magistrate used to kill the magic users they captured to rid Fendrea of them. No longer. The rehabilitation is to help them control their magical urges and join the Magistrate in the fight to keep magic only for the gods. They just don't want anyone using it unless it's in service of the gods? They use magic that they believe mortals should wield, and on occasion, they will use strong magics to prevent other strong magics from doing terrible things. They want to rid the world of the mortals that can do such things. Hmm. All right. I mean, we we live in Hollywood. We've seen this a million times. They're always like, oh, we got to get rid of the magic. But that leaves them as the only ones that have the magic. So then they're super powerful and they're not going to kill themselves or stop using the magic. So this is going to be a whole big power struggle. And we see know. this in Hollywood. Well, not like in Hollywood, <laughs> but like in the movies. Uh, you, you've watched a movie before, right, Blueberry? Yeah. All right. It's a little sassy. Sorry. I was waiting for the the twist of Blueberry's never watched a single movie, even though she's an actress. <laughs> <laughs> so you think they're trying to rehabilitate our wizard friend? He's not even a wizard. He's one of us. He was just playing a wizard, but he accidentally cast a spell when we were on set. But he's not a wizard. Not all of the magistrate's prisoners are magic, necessarily. All of them go through the same rehabilitation steps. So if he's a prisoner, he most likely will be forced to sit through those rehabilitation steps. What are the steps? It is a lot of lecturing, a lot of books, some magic attempting to change your thoughts. That's better than like conversion therapy at least. So they're just trying to brainwash him if you think they took him there. Brainwash, I haven't heard this word, but yes. Makes sense. Rid of what they used to think and make them think something new. How did you get out? I must say, I I did escape. Though, that was never my plan. You were just gonna rot in there? My plan was, after some time of thinking of how to escape, failing myself to begin pretending to understand and connect with the rehabilitation and then fake an alliance with the magistrate. Ooh, big brain. (laughs) The escape kind of fell into my lap and expedited the process of leaving. You see, the magistrate prison is designed for keeping in magic users. The walls cutting off connection with nature for someone like me. There was a holy man that was in an adjacent cell. He was constantly in distress, being unable to feel a connection with his god. And others were so powerful they had to be kept with anti-magic shackles on them at all times. But you see, a prison that is designed to keep in magic users does not always look for the nuances of keeping others in. Like I said before, not all of the magistrate's enemies are magic users themselves. Some are thieves, pickpockets, soldiers, anyone who stands in the way of their goals. One such person I met during my time was a small gnomish man. He was rather quiet, though we did speak on occasion. Peculiar man in some aspects. 
he had concocted a plan to escape the prison. When he was able to free himself, he specifically came over to my cell to allow me and my cellmate out. He even called my cellmate by her name. I believe he was sent to rescue her, and I was just in the correct cell. If you wish to break someone out of that prison, I believe he may be the best way as he has done it before. I can do my best to assist you in any way, but finding this man would be of utmost importance. What's his name? He did not tell me his real name. Oh. Oh, well, that's going to make it difficult. He only went by Zephyr. Do you know where we could find him? I don't remember much about our conversation, so he was an interesting man to watch. What was your cellmate's name? Ah, the, the cellmate. Ermina Caspaldi. She was a noble of sorts from Valorith, and a powerful wizard at that. I spoke with her often. She was captured by the magistrate for organizing a party for the royal family of Valorith. Her plan was to create a brand new location right inside Valorith for the party to take place in. None of the usual venues, so it had to be special. And she mustered up her energy to create a portal to an extra-dimensional mansion. The magistrate did not care for that at all, and she was captured the morning after the party. She didn't handle the rehabilitation as well as some of the others. It was good that she left when she did. So how do you think we should find Zephyr? I cannot be certain. Ermina, during our escape, did not know this Zephyr. I cannot be sure they met previously. And I do not know where he's from. Do you know where Ermina is? Most likely back in Valorith, if I had to guess. Is that close to here? It is within a day's travel by boat. Oh, wait. It's by Pastel. Yeah, that was the Pastel. one Jatoba was talking about, right? It's the fancy elven city by Pastel. Yeah. That doesn't let a lot of people in. Do you think if we found her that she'd point us in the right direction to Zephyr? I doubt it. Again, I they had never met before that day. I don't know if she even knows him. Why would Zephyr go about breaking out someone that he doesn't even know? Maybe he was hired. I do not know. Let me tell you everything I know about Zephyr, and it may help you find him. Yes. Location-wise, I do not know where he is from. He never seemed to mind being in the cell. He was only there a few days or so, so it didn't have time to weigh on him. The only time he mentioned wanting to be somewhere else, he said he wanted to be out on the sea, fishing by the light of the moon. Now, I am no expert of the areas away from the grove, but the sea here is a very dangerous place at night. Most captains refuse to travel at all. I cannot imagine going out on the open sea in a fishing vessel. He must have been somewhere the sea stays calm, even at night. Now, as for finding him, a small gnomish man, he was bald. He was covered shoulder to toe in tattoos. He hides them well, but he's almost completely covered. I only saw this during a routine inspection. They generally made us disrobe to make sure we did not have anything that we did not need. 
When he's wearing his clothes, you'd barely be able to tell. Does he have any on his hands? He does not. Every morning, as he awoke, he would tap the bars of his cell, counting them. And every night before bed, he recited a poem three times. First in Gnomish, then Common, and then Dwarven. I asked him why he did so. He said he needs to recite it or that he will have nightmares. And then on his right hand, he only has four fingers. He's missing his pointer finger. As we were escaping, he made sure to stop in the evidence room to get his mechanical glove he wears on that one hand. To help him kind of maneuver stuff due to the missing finger, right? Yes. The glove itself has five fingers, and this replaces his pointer finger. Okay. As of now, that is all I can remember, though I will meditate on it tonight and see if I can remember anything else about him and let you know. Yeah, if you have any more details, that would be absolutely awesome. And we appreciate all of the information that you've provided right now. Yes. I don't know if you have any sort of recommendation on where to begin finding him, but it would be appreciated. Wherever the sea stays calm at night. We should ask Jatoba about that. He he knows how to sail. Yeah. True. He might be uh, pretty well versed in the ocean. Plus, if all else fails, I mean, we could just go to Valoreth, which is by Pastow, and try to hunt down Ermina. So we'd have to talk to him anyway. Cool. It's a plan. Maybe you should talk with him at the festival tonight. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yo, Yasora, just real quick question. Does the word Nomura mean anything to you? Peculiar. I do not recognize it. Shit. Okay, alright. Can I run a quick scenario by you that I know is not going to make any sense to you to see what you think about it? I I do enjoy riddles. Okay. <laughs> alright, so, you see, this here is a camera. It lets me take pictures. Here, see, ch- look at this dope Already ass- eyes wide open <laughs> as you say that. <laughs> look at this dope-ass picture I took a jet earlier. There's a dolphin. It says, like, over here. Oh, it's wow. beautiful, right? Interesting. So, I can take pictures of this. Here, I'll take a picture of you quick snap of her and show it to her. I got a 19 on that. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> All right. So softly lit. Uh, she's just sitting on her bed like her legs are crossed nicely. And it's just a really pretty picture. Her eyes stand out very nicely. <laughs> she's got like that surprised look, but it's like it's caught well. <laughs> wow. This device. Phenomenal. Super cool, right? I have no idea how it works, but here's this thing. In that picture, see right here in your hair, there's like a word. It says Nomura, and every time I take a picture, I see it, but no one else can see it. Does that mean anything to you, that scenario? Did you know anything about that? Do you hallucinate often? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think that would be relevant for this query, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Usually under some sort of substance. Hmm. It may be a side effect of hallucinations. Well, okay, to be fair, uh, we've we've been keeping a pretty good eye on him, and I don't think he's been getting into anything. I mean, we don't know what was in that milk. 
Oh, no, no. Oh, you had goat's milk your first time here? It did not go well. Ooh, I drank, uh, I think, a lot. I don't know. I was out. Well, well done. I'm glad to see you still standing. I appreciate you, uh, you taking a listen. I promise I'm not crazy. I'm just dealing with something, I guess, so... Good looks, Ma. <laughs> she gives a nod, um, and you guys have a little bit of time to yourself. Well, this is the best lead that we have, so let's go relax at this party. Let's burn this stinking steak. Let's go have some fun for the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Time to party. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right now, the party is not starting for another hour or two. There's a lot of setup going on. What are you guys all doing in the meantime? I'll go find Jody and see if she's like prepping any sort of music stuff that I can just help with in the meantime. I want to go ham on druid crafting. Just crazy cute flower and vine accessories all over my outfit. Oh, wait, I want, before I leave, Blueberry, can you make me one of those pretty flower crowns since it's a festive day? Oh, yeah, what color? Uh, purple. I make a purple one, but it's not yeah. tricorn. <laughs> That's okay. I just, I'll, I'll be basic. It's all right. And then I'm going to run off. <laughs> Xander, what are you doing? Oh, that's a great question. I will say your tents you saw uh, are still up if you wanted to go like relax in the tents you guys had. I'm going to go sit by the docks. Jet, what about you? I'm going to go to the tents and just take off all of my uh, stuff. I, I just want to wear like something to work out in and go for a run. You're planning to run around the village or out in the woods a little bit? Well, is there like a the shore or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to go run near the shore. Uh, you go, you take off all your stuff, you grab some workout-adjacent attire. You can see Xander. Uh, he's, he's sitting on the docks, and you can kind of go for a nice little run on the shore. If there are any people around, I would be chatting them up, just to be clear there. Jatoba and his crew are all around here. Actually, uh, you can see Jacob sitting on the docks right the now. Pool. Oh, yeah, I'll go chill with Jacob. Jet, you're running down the beach a little bit. Wind blowing. Waves crashing. And you start to hear buttons being pressed. What? Like a phone is slowly being dialed. Um, I want to stop and try to listen in more. Try to see if I can hear where it's coming from. It feels like it's coming from on your person. You pop your phone out. Your phone is dead. Doesn't seem like it's coming from your phone. Do I have anything else on me? It seems like this sound is coming from your necklace. What? Hey there. You've reached Jet and Pebbles. Sorry we can't come to the phone right now. We must be busy working on your next favorite movie. Leave your name, number, and a brief message, and Pebbles will make sure that I get back to you as soon as possible. Remember to make every day wonderful and fly high. That's my voicemail. Good good morning, Marshmallow. Mom? I'm I'm sorry about all the voicemails. It's it's just Mom? I, I like being able to hear your voice. I still haven't 
gotten used to you not calling me on your way to work every morning. What? I, I don't want to believe that you're gone forever, Mello. I'm not. No, no matter what they tell me, I, I have faith that you'll come home. I was watching one of your videos on the computer yesterday. Nurse helped me put it on. Had it on while I was knitting and made me feel like here again. I'm always there. We we got a new mailman. He's he's always coming late though, and and I just I don't like him one bit. Just why is everything changing, Mello? Why can't everything just go back to normal? Pebbles. Hey hey Pebbles, be be quiet, please, honey. Pebbles misses you, Mello. No, I I miss you. No, please come home. Please. I'm... I'm coming, Ma. I'm coming.